It's just an amazing way that God works. But I, I want you to know that God speaks to people in different ways. We are all different. We are all different. And there are sometimes, as, as I mentioned, God can speak to you through angels. He can speak to you through dreams. He can speak to you through visions. He can speak to you through gifts of the Spirit. He can speak to you spirit to spirit. God can speak to you through godly counsel. I mean, he can speak to us through circumstances. He can speak to us through his word. He can speak to us through an audible voice. There's so many different ways that God can speak to us. But his experience of how we hear his voice and perceive what he has to say to us is different for every person because he doesn't want us to figure him out by a formula. He wants us to know him. You know, a parent has a different relationship with each of the children. Because this child opens up this way and this child, you, you have to unlock them in a total different way. So you, he doesn't just give us the same set of rules by which he leads each person. There were some of the, the, the apostles in the early days. They got ready to go someplace and they said they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to go there in the book of Acts. He said, no, 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 don't go here. And there were other times that he shut the door and he says, don't, don't do this. And then the other time that he opened the door and they realized this is the door that the Lord has opened. But God had to lead them. And it wasn't just what they knew before they left. It was, it was trusting him on the journey. Because you'll be on that journey and you, you'll, you'll, you'll wonder, is it door number one, door number two, or door number three? And you'll be looking at all three of those doors. Or you'll come to a fork in the road and you're like, God, am I supposed to go left or right? And you honestly won't know and, 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 and you'll, be, you'll be standing there. But let me just tell you this. At those junctures, God has somebody planted on the journey to say, this is the way walk in it. And you never would know. But when you get there, somebody is already waiting and it will look like it was a coincidence. It is, you know... There's a saying that says coincidences are God's ways of remaining anonymous. It's just to say I'm with you. I'm leading you. I'm guiding you. But sometimes if we be honest, we didn't know how it was going to work out until we got there. That's what it means to trust God. It, it's not because you know it but you're following something that you believe. There's a difference, a world of difference between knowing and believing. He didn't tell us to know everything. He just says, believe me. Believe in the Lord your God. Believe in the Lord your God. He didn't say that you have to know everything. Believe. Faith is about believing. It's an action word. Believe, 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 believe. And so God moves in us in some different ways. And I'm going to have just a couple of folks to, uh, uh, to share their own story. Because as I said, God speaks to us in, in different ways. He speaks to us in different ways. Uh, let's start with you, Cassandra. Um, how did you know that God was moving in your life? She, she's a Spanish teacher and, and she, she, she's a songwriter and uh, a singer. And I mean, how did you know that you were supposed to be doing what you're doing? How did you know? Well, when I was seven or eight years old, I had a favorite teacher, and 
um, she was, um, meant a lot to me in my life. And it was during that time when I just knew that I wanted to be a teacher. Um, it wasn't until I was in high school that, um, my Spanish teacher told me, she said, you can do this. You can really do this. I, w- I was good at Spanish and I had nothing to go on, especially at home because no one was teaching. And, you know, my, my daddy always told me, get something up in here. No one can take it from you. So school was always very important. Um, it was like you're saying, as I went and I thought I wanted to be a social worker and Spanish was my minor, but I end up changing that, end up flipping. <clears throat> so I end up, you know, being able to teach not only Spanish, but any social sciences, anthropology, histories, that type of thing. So, um, and as time went on, you know, I, I always sang um, in the choir, I was brought up in the church. I felt like I was, you know, uh, I always went to church, my mother always went to church and I I, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost when I was 17 years old which totally changed my life um, because no one did that at home and I wasn't in a church I was in a traditional Baptist church where they didn't do that kind of thing so things really opened up for me you know to the point where I could no longer go by what I was raised in But I had to go by strictly by the Holy Spirit, you know, and and I mean it talking about a pathfinder. I had nothing but just God himself. And I just sat under the word of God and I God took me to places where I didn't know that I would go to really get his word and to know who he was in his word, not by what I saw or what I'd been surrounded by. So going through school and, um, I, you know, I just ended up, you know, getting a degree in Spanish education and the teaching of Spanish and social sciences and all that. And the Lord just led me from there. And I ended up being the only black, um, world language teacher, foreign language teacher in the district of my hometown. And when I came here, that was, did that for 15 years. And I did take off time to raise my own children because I didn't want anybody else to tell me, you know, that they walked today or they don't like peas today. I wanted to experience that for myself. So, but, um, I, 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 um, never considered myself being a songwriter, did not, would never, ever consider myself being a songwriter. But going through divorce and going through a lot of stuff, being suicidal, a lot of things. And on my face before the Lord, it was in that prayer closet that songs came. Mm. And it was by the time I came here to Atlanta, I had already taught 15 years. I'm at the end of another 15. So I'm at a a point where, okay, Lord, what am I going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I know what the Lord has placed in my heart to do is to teach adults. Because they really need it for their workplaces. But that's, in, that's next year this time. In 2020, I'm out for after 30 years. But uh, bottom line is um, the Lord, um, especially being in this house, um, the Lord gave me things to do that I would have never considered doing. I'm in the environment where books are being written and, and songs are being written. And, you know, and I, I didn't know that I had that in me. So that's... 
just being led by God and, and I just by his spirit and, um, um, and, me, and, me, knowing, me, and knowing that he, I'm sorry. Let me ask you this. How did you know um, that you could not only teach, but that you could also express the music gift that he placed on the inside of you? There are a lot of people, they get confused because they are multi-talented, multi-gifted. They can do more than one thing. Yes, sir. And God's not limited. Yes, it's sir. not an either or. Yes, sir. Most, if not all, of the disciples of Jesus Christ were bivocational individuals. Yes, sir. They were fishermen and evangelists. Yes, sir. Tax collectors and <laughs> missionaries. Yes, sir. They were medical doctors and preachers of the gospel. So yes, it's not that they had to do this or that. It was a both and. So it's like God didn't have you to resign from teaching in order to be able to express the music gift that was in your life. How did you realize that you could do both? Well, um, the, it was in the results. Um, you know, I'm still teaching and will be teaching until 2020, at least in public schools, that is. Um, and the Lord told me to teach, to make an impact. The singing piece that I could do both, a lot of times I felt it was a real, I was torn sometimes. Um, but the Lord knows my heart that I wasn't willing to, as far as writing songs, I wasn't willing to sacrifice what I do here to go do my own thing. Sure. Even though I know that that's what God gave me to do for, for his glory. Sure. Um, so the Lord opened up the time during the summer, you know, um, to record um, and to do that piece until I got my, until I finished the assignment when I, you know, did my CD and I did get it done. So um, the Lord knew that I just wasn't willing to sacrifice what I'm doing here because I know I was called, I'm called to do what I'm doing here and I did not want to um, be one of those people that come and, and, you know, they leave and do whatever they're doing. Sure. You know, I, I, didn't, I don't believe in that. I think you need to be faithful and loyal sure. where you are and do what, you, what God has called you to do. And he will avail the time, the sure. space to do the other things he has you to do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Now let's ask, uh, wow, wonderful. Sister Brenda, how did you know that God was leading you to do what you do? How did you discover your gifts and start operating in, because you, you work, work in the medical profession. And, I do. And uh, tell us about it. Well, mine started uh, very early. Uh, my dad is a pastor growing up in the church. Uh, at the age of 11, 12 years old, I was the nurse. Um, I don't know why I was chosen, but I was the nurse. I was the one that made sure the water was there, the handkerchiefs. Uh, when my dad had people come into the home, I was the one that served. And uh, from day one, no, my other two sisters, they weren't interested. But I was the one that always wanted to be there. And so um, as time went on, my mother worked in the hospital and she decided that I was going to be the one to be a volunteer. So I started as a volunteer in the hospital. After uh, getting out of school, I went right into nursing. So this is 35 years for me as a nurse. Um, when, wow. Thank you. When I started out, 
um, I was just, I was doing it. I'm, I wasn't sure if I really liked it, but I was doing it. Um, uh, there was a time when I moved here to Georgia. I worked for nine years in Wisconsin. When I moved to Georgia, I was working at this place and I, you know, I was, I remember I was just kind of griping, you know, asking God, why am I here? You know, everybody's leaving and I'm the only one still in this building. And I remember it just as clear. The Lord spoke to me and he said, you are the one who you're, you're the one, these, the people that are here, you're the one to help my people as they are ushered into my presence. Mm. And at that point I knew Lord, this is you, you know, and he said, you're ushering, you're helping them. So I wasn't, you know, some people just work to work, but I, my job, I understood it to be one where when patients are going through, I never wanted anyone to die alone. So I always carried charts to the bedside. I not only, and you asked about, you know, my, my music, it wasn't only just being there with them, but I was singing to them. Mm. I was praying with them. Wow. I was, I, if they weren't, if I felt like something was holding them and I do this, I've always done this. I, I was there. God put me there to help them mm. to get to where, wow. you know, to get it right. If there, there was something holding them and I've seen patients, a lot of people say death, you know, I don't want to be around it, but death it's a beautiful thing if you've ever been with somebody and witnessed them going through that transition. So God, you know, my music, it is not, it's not separate from what God has called me to do. My music is really that life. It's my lifeline to God. So that's the first thing. And from there, as I begin to minister, as I begin to pray with them, the healing, whether it's God moving them on or whether it's God doing something in their body, it, it happens. So. Wow. Wow. Wonderful. Can you tell me, tell me how, cause I know that, um, you've, you've had some things given to you in music. Uh, have you discovered that some of your best music comes out of some of your darkest experiences in life? Absolutely. I, um, went through divorce. I was married at the age of 16 and divorced by at the age of 26. And I went through a lot of difficulty and I found during those times, a lot of the songs that God gave me, it was healing for me. It, Mm. it took me through. And, uh, so my music, I mean, songs I've written songs and I haven't really put them all out there, but God just, he did something through me, got me through those difficult times. Um, I can't imagine not having my music, not having that word to get me through, but he, he did it. And through a lot of what you, when you talked about going from one thing to another, even through, uh, what I went through, um, when my children, my last two left home, um, you know, I was an empty nester Hmm. and the Lord had been speaking to me. He said, open your home and share with women. And I was like, Lord, now, you know, I'll sing to anybody, but (laughs) when, when it comes to going, doing something like that, 
it was out of what I would be comfortable with. But he said, open your home and share with women. So when I went through that time, that is when the Lord started dealing with me, helping women that are empty nesters, helping women that have gone through divorce to find their voice again. Because a lot of times when you're an empty nester, when you're taking care of kids, you forget. You know, I I was like, Lord, what do I like? I don't even know what I like to do. But as time went on, that's something that I'm helping women to do now. I have a group called Thrive Women, and it's helping women to find their voice, find what they are called to do. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow. Hey, one other, I want to call Reverend Ron up. You know, we got our own Reverend Ron right here at... uh... How did, how did you know that you were called to do what you're doing? Well, um, it started, of course, um, our environment and the seed that God plants inside of us from birth, from conception, the seed of faith, the seed of who he is, identity in him is planted in us. So um, I find myself, of course, growing up in the church of God in Christ. So, you know, I'm exposed to that environment of church. I'm exposed to the presence of God, although, you know, in, in spite of the religion, in spite of whatever you exposed. And one thing God showed me was uh, um, when you get in the environment, the seed that he's planted inside of you, you know, it, 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 you got to be in the right environment for it to begin to, you know, germinate, take root, all of that stuff. So I find myself, next thing you know, you hear people speaking things because, of course, it, your gifts and talents, Paul tells us in Romans eleven twenty nine. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So technically, we're only called to do what we're gifted to do. So the gifts inside of us at an early age are being developed in spite of, regardless of what environment it comes from, is all being developed. So I find myself being developed in those things because, of course, you're put in the forefront when you come from, you have many siblings. You put in the forefront in church with, uh, you know, you got to do a speech for every holiday, every every occasion, you know. Who And then from there, you sit back, and of course, there's consequences if you get up there messing up. So you you sitting back, and you practicing in the mirror. I find myself practicing in the mirror, practicing your gift. And once you do it good, next thing you know is they want you to do the Martin Luther King part. They want you to do this. You know, oh, he real good, you know. That Robinson boy got a gift in him. So you just find yourself doing it over and over and over and over. And then over time, when I become an adult, it's like, okay, I'm really not saved, God. You know, like, I've just been in church all my life, but I, I don't know you like that. I know of you. I've read about you. But now I think it's, it's, it's something about you get in the atmosphere and, you know, I went to the military and you see yourself getting in isolation and you see yourself talking to God. You see life start happening. So you really start, that's when you really start seeking God because you're no longer under mom and daddy covering and you're paying bills on your own and life starts happening and it allows you, it draws you closer. But what pulls you is to see the faith inside because it was planted at an early age. So now you go from hearing about God, from reading about God to now you're conversing and talking to God for yourself. And so when you begin talking to God, now he says, see, I've been doing this all these years just to get you to this place of isolation. So like Moses was the great leader, the great general in Egypt. He was the general of the Egyptian army. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Egyptian army. Now, he went to the backside of the desert for 40 years. And notice the first thing God said was, listen, his first conversation with Moses was, take your shoes off. Relax. I'm, you good. I got you. You right where I need you. And a lot of times... 
we sit and wonder and we feel pressure to wonder whether or not we're where God wants us to be based on if we're walking in a title, based on if we're actually preaching or teaching or doing something, this and that. The call is based on what you're gifted to do. So just like my sisters here, they're they gifted to teach. They're gifted to sing. And so you just got an environment where God allowed that to begin to, you know, manifest and mature. And now you're continually being obedient to getting in his word growing in him finding out who you are in him because so many times we struggle with generational issues because of identity crisis and so god begins confirming himself you begin seeking him you get the baptism of the holy ghost and now because you've read his word and i want to encourage you just to you may not have revelation of god but just read if you consume his word you give the whole you put a demand on the holy ghost to reveal who god can be and who he is the thing about it is if Jesus said he will bring to your remembrance, you can't bring nothing to your remembrance that you hadn't read. So, so, so I find myself just consuming his word, consuming it, consuming it, consuming it, just reading about it, reading about David, reading about the slingshot, reading about this man that killed this giant, just consuming it, asking questions. Every time I got around a leader, every time I got around a minister of the gospel, I got a few questions for you. Let me ask, just seeking knowledge, seeking him, seeking him, putting a demand on him. And then the way God has a way of bringing himself right where you need to be bringing it to fruition in other words you remember when i taught you based on circumstances based on transition of job based on relocating god has a way of saying now i got you in a place but you're loaded you're full of substance and so because substance is inside of you you have stability you have now what it takes in spite of you not knowing the one in spite of you relocating to another part of the country god says you have substance inside of you so I guess that was excellent. Fun. Oh, wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow. What a blessing. Wow. I hope that you guys got something out of that. Oh, wow. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. Wow. And I want you all to, to just see how you can do what I call not just intentionally go after trying to so-called live your passion but find a skill an ability an area of knowledge get in there and be faithful and it'll lead you into the thing that ignites your passion it it's it's on that journey that when you have the seed of God's purpose on the inside of you and when that seed gets in the right environment then it will start flourishing. It'll start germinating. It'll start growing. And you'll find it creating a place for you. Wherever you are, your gift will make room for you. Your gift will make room for you. It will make room for you. And there's, there's, there's a unique gift that's in every person. When you get in faithfulness and you'll say, God, I just, I just want you to speak to me. The most common way that God speaks to us It's when you get with your Bible and say, God, speak to me. Before you get ready to read, just say, Lord, show me things in your word that I've never seen before. Speak to me. Let me hear your voice through your word. And I I tell you, invariably, God will cause some verse to pop out to you. He'll cause something to strike you. He'll cause you to see something in a way that you've never seen it nor considered it before. And you'll find 
the subtle voice of God because most of the times when God speaks, He doesn't scream to us. He whispers. And God has a reason that He whispers to His people. You don't have to shout truth. When somebody whispers to you, it makes you lean in to hear what they're really trying to say. You know when people get ready to tell secrets? They'll tell it real softly. They say, I don't want you to repeat this, but girl, let me tell you what happened. (laughs) And it's real soft. And it makes you sit on the edge of your seat because you really want to get it. So when God whispers, he whispers the secret. He makes known his secrets unto his servants, the prophet. When you take, get, just sit with God's word and say, Lord, before you read it, before you open it up to read it, say, God, speak to me. Speak to me through your word today. Whatever it is that you need to say to me. I cannot tell you during my teenage years how many times I would just sit there with my Bible and I said, God, I need a word from you. Speak to me. And I'd randomly open that Bible and invariably he caused my eyes to fall on a verse that was too much to just be a coincidence. This was the hand of God. Sometimes I'd be sitting in my room my Bible would be open and all of a sudden a wind would blow and I would hear the pages fluttering and I said Lord is that you saying something and I'd get up and look on the left side of the page and on the right side of the page and something would just jump out it's just like it would just rise out to me almost as though truth was calling to me And I discovered from a young age that God had chained my spirit to revelation. It's not a struggle. Revelation is not what you think up. Revelation comes from the outside in. Insight comes from within reflecting on certain things. But revelation is an unveiling on the outside of something that God drops into your spirit and is not the result of human thinking nor human ingenuity it falls on you so when you sit with your Bible just ask God Lord speak to my heart today speak to me that I might know you that I might hear your voice that I might hear you when you speak to me through other people give me an ear so that I can hear what the spirit is saying if there's something that looks like an accident Lord If you're saying something through this, let me hear it and understand it. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. Your servant is listening. And when you give an ear to God, God speaks to people whose hearts are open. God reveals himself to believers. When Jesus rose from the dead, he never showed himself to anybody who didn't already believe in him. He only appeared to the people of faith. The Roman soldiers who were guarding his tomb didn't believe in him. So when Jesus came out of the tomb, the Bible says they became like dead men. They fainted. They couldn't see it. They didn't know what happened. 
He only revealed himself to people who believed in him. God's greatest desire and need is to be believed. You believe God and you said, God, I believe that you're still speaking to your people more than anything else. I really believe that God is still speaking to his people. And most of the time, the people get into deep trouble. They realize in retrospect that God was trying to tell them. He was trying to warn them because you hear these famous words, some told me. And then you realize in retrospect, that's something that told you was the voice of the Holy Spirit. It was God speaking to your heart, trying to let you know. It was God ringing an alarm bell on the inside of you, letting you know of an imminent danger, letting you know of truths, letting you know of some relationship that's connected to your life that you need to be careful of, that you need to be praying for, that you need to pray His protection, His blessings over. So follow God. Just open His Word and just ask God, Lord, speak to me. Speak to my heart. Well, I pray that you got something out of this session tonight. Uh,